0: Everyone catch their breath yet? What a tremendous performance for the first time all season by the local hockey team. Good morning to you. Good Friday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. If you're into football and or baseball, I also offer up daily shots of Steelers and Pirates. The score last night at PPG Paints Arena, and I... Did a double take on my way out of the press box to make sure was Penguins 4, Islanders 1. And that doesn't do justice to how well the Penguins played in all facets. Nor, by the way, to the fact that the Islanders actually didn't play a terrible game, especially not in the first oh period and a half or so. I thought New York came out ready to go. They did a lot of things well. the Penguins just happened to match them. And then the Penguins just kept going. And certain facets of the game took over. Did the Penguins begin to build a foundation? No, of course not. It's one game. And as we saw off of the one good game they played Sunday against the Capitals, they can come right back out in the next game against the same opponent and lay an egg. But when we're talking about this team's foundation, when we're talking about any hockey team's foundation, we're looking at the back end. We're looking at Tristan Jari, who had by far his best performance. And then from there, we're looking at this defensive core. And It's taken a beating, uh, both literally and figuratively. Been a bunch of injuries. Important guys out. Still out. Brian Dumoulin's still out. Yuso is still out. But two guys that Jim Rutherford brought in as... Depth guys, I guess you could say, I mean, if you're looking at them as second pairing, third pairing types, guys who he expected to make a difference, I'm not sure much of anybody else expected that to take place, but they've both done well. And I'm talking, of course, about Mike Matheson and Cody Cece. Everyone's going to be talking about Matheson after the game last night, after that uh, amazing assist that he had on Teddy Bluger's goal where he basically shot the puck off the end boards to himself, danced around the New York winger that had been attacking him, got the puck back, put put it on Semyon Varlamov, and then Teddy Bluger scored the easiest goal of his life while everybody was still trying to compute what Matheson had just pulled off. I asked Matheson, by the way, after the game, about that play. Mike, I want to ask you about the play that you made on Bluger's goal, the, the ridiculous play, um, and if that's something that you've done before in your career, and is that a sign that you're starting to feel comfortable here? Uh, it was just kind of a instinctual play. It wasn't really something that I – was looking to do before the game or anything like that. Um, I just they're they're so good at blocking shots, and so I was just trying to get a lane by them, and um, felt like I could could step in there and try to um, get behind their winger. I'm not doing the guy justice if if all I mention is that play. Uh, he did so many things well all over the rink, including defensively. I mean, the guy's got wheels. Everybody knew that. Everybody knew that's the reason the Panthers gave him that mega contract that pays $6 million a year for eight years. They, they did that because they felt that he had a skill, an extraordinary skill that wouldn't go into a slump and could eventually lead to him becoming a game-breaking type of defenseman. We hadn't seen much of that, obviously, in his brief time with the Penguins. And to be fair, he missed some of that time to his own injury. But if you're just looking at that play, or even if you're just looking at last night, you're missing the broader point that he's actually been okay. He's had his moments. You know, I've called them out when they've happened. He's had his moments where you go, what? Well, what was he doing there? Who was he on? What happened? Why? Why? But overall, and the statistics don't lie with this stuff. I'll give you an advanced one here. He's been really, really good. The advanced one is Corsi 4 percentage. If you don't know what that is, I don't need to lay out the entire equation. But plain and simple, it means when you're on the ice, how many scoring chances does your team create versus how many the other team creates? So it stays black and white. You might not be responsible in fact, you won't be responsible for all of them in one direction or the other, but as long as you're out there on the rink, chances are, you know, you got something to do with it. And over the long haul, it does even out and it does get representative. Mike Matheson's number one on the Penguins defense corps with a 54.37% percent Corsi 4 rating. That's that's actually really good. It's not great. But it's really good, and I'll repeat that it's the best one on this team, when no such thing realistically was expected of him. Second is Marcus Pedersen, and third is CeCe at 52.23. This segment of Daily Shot is brought to you by Warrior Alpaca Sox. What makes their socks different is the alpaca fiber used in their construction. It's stronger, softer, far less irritating to the skin, more breathable, hypoallergenic, warmer than wool. This is the time of year for Warrior Alpaca Socks. When you go to their website, warrioralpacasocks.com, use the code DK to get 15% off your first order. One more time, warrioralpacasocks.com. Use the code DK just for our podcast listeners. I watch... CC. And I did a little bit of this in the first period last night where I would ISO on the guy. And I've been wondering for a while now, what is his major malfunction? What is the thing that made the fans in Ottawa and Toronto really, really Crush this guy. I'm talking like Jack Johnson level. Crush this guy. My suspicion is that because he was a first-round pick, 15th overall, that the bar was raised for him not just by the fans and the public and the media, but also internally because he was utilized Like a first-round pick. He was put out there for 22, 23 minutes a game. He was assigned uh, top-line matchups where he'd be facing the other team's best three guys night after night. He got exposed, and he got hurt, and he got set back by it. But when you watch him, here in Pittsburgh, he's a third-pairing guy. Nobody, including... Jim Rutherford ever suggested otherwise upon his acquisition. They were looking for somebody that could just come in and maybe have a little bit of upside and provide some depth. And he's done a little bit more than that. He's comfortable at both ends of the rink, which is something that I did not expect. In his own end, he has almost religiously made the simple play, the easy play, and I'm sure that's at the behest of both Mike Sullivan and Todd Reardon. But he's done that without sacrificing who he is or that first-round pedigree once he moves up through the neutral zone and ahead up to the point. He's not taking too many gambles in the attacking zone, but he's taking enough. And even then, when he gets the puck and he doesn't like what he sees he'll just deposit it somewhere safely he's not going to take a gamble that it's going to come back to bite him it's as if he's attempting to press the reset button on his career does that make sense like he's he was thrust into the situations that he was and expected to be whoo look first round guy and he's going to put up a lot of points and everything else and he tried to do a ton of different things, now it's very clear that he's just kind of hitting terra firma. You know what I mean? And that's neat. that's, That's been a neat thing to watch over the course of this season. I can make an argument that he's been the Penguins' most consistent defenseman. I know... It's popular to point to Pierre-Olivier Joseph, but if we're being honest here, he's he's had like three or four games, including the one last night, where you kind of go, ooh, let's, uh, let's take it easy. Let's tap the brakes a little bit on him. But CeCe has been pretty much—you well, know what? He had one bad game. I take it back. He had one bad game in Philadelphia, the very, very first series of the year that otherwise has been pretty much the same player the whole way through. Again, nothing spectacular, nothing that anybody would be selecting as one of the three stars or anything like that, but he's been good. And in both cases, with Matheson and CeCe, you have guys who have higher ceilings than what they're showing even now. They're not kids, but they're also not older. And they both arrived into the National Hockey League with significant pedigree. Good moves by Jim Rutherford. Look, I know Patrick Hornquist was sent out for Matheson. I know that the Matheson contract could end up being one whale of an albatross for this franchise two, three, four years down the road. But I also know that both of these guys can get better. And if this very early launching of their Pittsburgh careers is an indication, it could be fun to watch. When we come back, just one question. Welcome back. Time for just one question. If you'd like to leave one, you can do that by visiting DK Pittsburgh Sports. Find the article that contains this podcast and leave it right there in comments. This segment of Daily Shot is brought to you always by the good people at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank. They're committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need in western Pennsylvania. They're here for you when you need them. Go to pittsburghfoodbank.org slash get help to find food near you. And today's just one question comes from Tim Templin, serving in the U.S. Navy. Tim asks, hey, DK, just wanted to get your thoughts on Brian Rust being moved down to the second line last night. Does it send the wrong message? He's currently the best forward, and I know he's a pro, so he wouldn't speak publicly on it, but shouldn't he be rewarded by staying with Sidney Crosby instead of trying to carry Evgeny Malkin? Love the hockey content every morning. Thanks. Uh, first off, thank you, Tim, for your service to our country. Second, if you believe that Rust is this team's best forward, and I, and I wouldn't argue with you on it based on these 15 games, then you'll probably also agree that that's not a great place for this franchise to be. Third, I don't see Rust being being moved down, to use your term, to the second line as a demotion. I just don't. The Penguins have a top six. I never, ever, ever, ever hear anyone associated with the Penguins, including the players themselves, refer to them as the first line or the second line. That's stuff for me and you. I never hear them talk about it that way. And they have that luxury because they've got two Hall of Famers at center. Now, The way the depth chart is written out in the Penguin's locker room, I'm sure, makes it clear which is the first and which is the second. But Sullivan himself refers to interchangeable parts, especially with wingers and especially with rust. Remember, that's uh, his—what's the term that he used for him? The the Swiss Army knife that he would— roll him up and down the four lines. Well, Rust has earned his spot in the top six, but the top six needs a different look. I don't believe that this move had anything to do with Rust getting Malkin going. I really don't. Sullivan didn't get into details on why he made the moves last night, and we never had a chance to ask him after the skate yesterday which is normally when questions like that would come up because we didn't get to cover the skate we only had a chance to speak with him via zoom which is you know that's that's kind of tough because we're not seeing the guys on the ice but yet we're going to ask him questions about why the lines looked differently on the ice so they took to the rink last night with these combinations and My first thought when I saw them wasn't that it was to get Geno going. My first thought was that it's to get Kapanen going. And sure enough, he did. Uh, That wasn't his goal, it turned out. But he made a couple of nice plays to create the offense there and to get the shot off on the goal that ended up being credited to Crosby in the first period, hit off Sid's blade going past Semyon Verlamov, there was other good offense from the top unit. Uh, If anything, I thought Jake Gensel was a little bit off, but that line looked effective. And more important, most important, I think, toward these moves, Kapanen looked like himself again. If you remember when Kapanen first joined this lineup, he was put on that fourth line with Mark Jankowski and Colton Sevier, and he was really dynamic. Like he was creating lots of stuff with those guys. And then he got put with Gino and then everything, pew, like it does for most everybody that's with Gino these days. I think it was to get Capitan going. I also think that if you look back at the previous game against Washington, the the Crosby line was kind of eh. So there was a lot of potential pluses. That went into this, but there were even more potential, not potential, there were more actual pluses that emerged from it. And that was even more encouraging. Uh, Jason Zucker had his best game of the season. He worked so hard all over the puck at both ends. I'm not even talking about the goal and then the, the generous empty net assist there to feed his buddy Rust, who was watching his dogs for him a couple of weeks ago. I'm talking about everything that he did all over the rink. And uh, you know who else had a pretty good game? Yeah, 71. He was hardly dominant, but he made a couple of things happen, especially in the neutral zone. He skated low and hard. And anyone who's watched Gino over the course of his career... Can picture exactly what I'm talking about and why. When Gino really, really gets churning, his skates, uh, if you're down there close to ice level, you can actually hear it and feel it. They churn deep into the ice, and he really gets moving, gets ahead of steam, and he backs the other team off the defending blue line and makes things happen for his wingers. When he's not going as well, he's really passive and waiting for stuff to happen and joining the attack late and everything else. So I liked some of what I saw from him uh, last night. Actually, the whole game, there wasn't much to dislike. Um, The issue here for the Penguins is going to be sustaining it. The line switches were nice. The defensive performance was nice. The goaltending was nicest of all. But you got to do it again you know you got to do it again saturday night against the same team and that other team's pretty good thanks for the question tim and for the service again and thanks to everybody for listening to this show all week we'll be back with another one on monday